That guy creeps me out, she finally said. Jenner's Brit accent was very proper, except, unlike Gareth, the tone didn't make her sound pompous. She raised her hands to warm her bare arms. I said nothing. I should have, because Jenner tilted her head and hit me with that leer that said she wasn't a nut. Yeah, I said, catching on. I'm creeped out too, and I haven't even been in there yet. She nodded and scrunched her face in agreement. She rubbed her arms a bit harder, and then began to turn back and forth toward the fence, in an attempt to keep warm. I know it's not that cold, she said, and then gave me a schoolgirl grin. But I've kind of got the chills. I returned her smile and then said, No, I think it's cooling off for the night now. Fall and all. You remember, hot all day and then... I shook my head side to side. Sorry, I'd offer you my shirt. Don't be silly, she said. She was quick to recoup, a soldier and all. I'll head to the calf. I know where there's a stash of hot cocoa mix. There you go, I said. They're all in there, except Tack and June. Jenner's eyes widened. Gazebo? I gave her a shy nod. Gazebo. The gazebo across the agro field was the only private place in agro land. Well, I don't blame them, she said, nodding her head. A distraction could be due right about now. She shot me a smile. Anyway, I wanted to touch base before. I cut her off. Yeah, I said. I get it. Jenner began to step backward toward the cafeteria. Okay, maybe I'll see you after your shift then. I gave her a wave. You bet, I said, and then she was gone, and I was alone in front of the med hut. I dropped the M16 from my shoulder, left the door open, and went directly to the corner of the room where I had found Jenner. I spun and planted myself down with my weapon across my lap, no differently than a thousand times on duty, no differently than when I was a kid hunting back home. I fixed my eyes on the two feet of floor between me and the end of the bed. The odor of the ointments Doc had rubbed on the stranger made me want to puke. I could remember the smell of salves when I had struck my head into the med hut the first time. But on the corner, close up to the bed, the stench was overwhelming. A twisted mix of antiseptic and baby ass. I began to breathe through my mouth. My eyes followed the floor toward the open door. I sucked my chest full, then relaxed and tried to focus on the outside. That was a mistake. Between the bed and the privacy curtain was a small, dim lamp. Enough light for my peripheral to catch a forearm on the side of the bed. A dark shadow against the cream white of the sheet. The same thin forearm that had been flashing through my mind since the stranger arrived. I couldn't help but to look again. Doc had fastened an IV drip to the stranger. I could not imagine how she found a vein in that thin rail of an arm. The side of my neck tightened to force my eyes back toward the door. Instead, my eyes shifted up to the dark, naked shoulder. Ointments and low light had lessened the leathered wooden texture. Yet the thinness of the emaciated soldier could not be hidden. Darkened skin, taut, against sinew and bone. I am not sure how long I looked onto the shoulder. Time slipped. At some point, as if the limb released them, 
My eyes moved across the flattened chest, up to the wick of a neck, and the gaunt, skeletal head of the desert survivor. Draped long to the sides of his face, fine white hair that glowed brighter than his pillowcase. Blonde hair bleached from the sun. His narrow jaw jutted from what at one time must have been a strong profile, and his cheeks sucked in high toward the hollow sockets of his eyes, captivating blue crystal pools, lucid, clear, pure, shocking large white orbs that peered out over the bed and into my own. I stared at the man for quite some time. Not until he spoke did my brain kick in. The stranger was peering at me. He was awake, and from the bloody remnants of his lips, a cadence flowed. So many. Not enough. So many. Not enough. 